Welcome to the magical world of fitness witchcraft. I'm your host, Emily Flood, and I created fitness witchcraft specifically to help witches and spiritual women to become mentally and physically healthy after trauma. On this podcast, you can expect to hear things from fitness and nutrition to deity work, channeling, quantum healing, spells, collapsing the timelines, and more because you get to become the person who combines their magic with every single aspect of your life. Hey there, guys. Welcome back. Today, I will be going over how I was able to transition from macro tracking to mindful eating, what that means, am I ever going to go back to tracking, etc. I'm going to lay it all out for you guys here. So I always knew that tracking macros was just going to be a tool for me. I started tracking macros in 2018, so it has been four years now, and it was a way for me to reach my fitness goals faster. I knew I loved lifting weights. I'd already been lifting at this period of time and I knew I wanted to build muscle and I didn't want to lose any muscle when I started to cut down. And honestly, it got to a point, especially during my bodybuilding career where I was competing, I competed on the national stage. Uh, So that was two years ago when I competed on the national stage. And I was having some real doubts on if I'd ever be able to stop tracking. I kind of felt like I was in this macro prison because any time I had a free meal or a mindful eating day, I had so much anxiety in my body, it would turn into an out-of-control event, and I would feel so much guilt and shame around it. So I completely understand why people would think that once they start tracking, they'll never be able to stop because at some point in my life, I have felt the same way. But This was all from an extremely restrictive diet. I had two years where I was under this coach who I don't, I want to say I don't think he was a bad guy at all. I just don't think he really knew that much about how to help his clients with their relationship with food. And honestly, if you are a fitness coach and you're coaching nutrition, you have a responsibility to make sure your clients don't develop disordered eating habits. And he didn't, right? So I had two years where I wasn't allowed to go out to eat. And so when I finally was able to go to restaurants again, it felt like Jesus at the Last Supper, you guys. And when I finally got a handle on eating free meals, I felt so much calmer. And then I finally started to incorporate mindful eating days. And those first several mindful eating days, I had so much anxiety and those turned into like emotional eating days, right? So when I say mindful eating days, I was meant to just eat normally, right? So still eating like the same foods that I usually was, you know, if it was a mindful eating day, I would still eat my meal prep. Maybe I'd get, you know, macro-friendly takeout, something that was still within my usual day, just not tracking and obsessing over entering it into my fitness pal or any tracking app. And so because I had been on such a restrictive diet, and when we're talking competition prep diets, we're talking tracking to the gram, 99, 100% accuracy for months, right? And getting down to an extremely low body fat percentage for stage, which is below a healthy body fat percentage. And when you get that low and when you've been dieting for so long, your hunger signals get pretty messed up and you start to be hungrier because your body wants you to put weight back on, 
right? And so it was a little bit of whiplash there when I finally started to incorporate free meals and mindful eating days again, because I wanted to eat a bunch of foods I wouldn't easily be able to track because my food focus was so high. My Instagram um, like search button, the search feed was just full of food porn. And when I say food porn, I mean like the giant stuffed cookies that are one pound each, the burgers that are that fill up the whole photo frame because there's like six patties in them, right? Just complete junk food. That was what Instagram was showing me because it knew that whenever I saw food on my feed, I would slow down because it became so much more interesting to me the longer I was in a diet and the more restrictive my diet became. So guys, your diet is like a pendulum. And if you go super restrictive, super strict with your diet and tracking without even having free meals like I did, maybe you're on like a 1200 calorie meal plan or something or some other ridiculous, horrible shit. That's like picking up the pendulum and raising it in the air. And so when you drop the pendulum and release the restrictive hold you have over your diet, bam, it's going to swing so hard to the complete opposite side of things and you are going to crash so hard into, well, what's the opposite of extreme dieting and restricting? Rebounding and binge eating behaviors, unfortunately. And as a national level bikini competitor, I have been on this pendulum. It is not fun. I Each time after, it's I don't want to say it got easier because the second time I had this toxic fitness coach, which I um, kind of highlighted some of the things in this last episode here, uh, but especially since as a people pleaser, I built so much importance up around following my coach's plan perfectly because I wanted to be the perfect athlete because I wanted to my I wanted my coach to like me. Who wouldn't, right? Unfortunately, you know, they were a toxic fitness coach, like I mentioned, and nothing I ever did was good enough for them. They were constantly berating me. They were calling me lazy. They were um, saying the scale was there to punish me, etc. And this coach, because of that, amplified my guilt and shame. Okay. And what we're going to be talking about is how these emotions like guilt and shame have no place in your health and fitness journey. Shame is not even something that we need to really experience as humans. Honestly, if you've read Brene's Brown book, I've got it coming in the mail, but I think that is one of the concepts of her book. But my shame and guilt was so amplified, I would leave the gym in a panic attack. I would start to go to the gym when I knew that my coach wouldn't be there. I would only go when it was, it felt safe. And then suddenly, you know, if I got a little bit behind on work or if I got a little bit ADHD and I had to go to a gym at a different time, that was when the real anxiety would strike. And then I would immediately feel guilty because I knew I had to tell my coach about it, that I'd like cut half my workout out. And he would call me lazy. I could not do anything right. And so I turned that guilt and shame, what really what we all do with guilt and shame is we're turning it back on ourselves. I hated my body for giving me the anxiety that led to all of this emotional eating. I hated the scale. I hated that I didn't know how to help myself and that I was betraying myself consistently week after week and I didn't know what to do. It's been two years since then. And I've practiced spurts of mindful eating here and there amidst the macro tracking. And the last two and a half months or so, 
I have been mindfully eating. My goal is not weight loss right now, by the way, and I want to emphasize that I have had four years of tracking macros under my belt, and I'm a macro-friendly food blogger, and I have a cookbook called A Foodie's Guide to Macros, which all of this has given me so much education around macros, and I can guesstimate pretty accurately what the macros in any given dish are, so I can make an informed choice from that place. And for anyone listening who's like, okay, what the heck is a macro, Emily? Okay, we've got three main macronutrients, carbs, protein, and fats. Alcohol is also a macronutrient, but it is not one that I would ever assign to a client. Uh, And so all foods contain like a combination of these. Well, not all foods, right? So beef, you know, is protein, but there's a little bit of fat in there too. Cereal is mostly carbs, a little bit of fat in there. And after tracking macros for so long and after, you know, tweaking my own recipes and creating a cookbook... I know how much protein and how many carbs, and I know how to get those things in the ratios that I need. I really want to emphasize here what mindful eating is for me. I'm still eating the same foods right now that I would be eating if I was tracking my macros, right? I have been meal prepping the same beef and pasta dish for a couple weeks now on and off. I like rotate different meals. My food focus is very low because I am very much focused on creating content for you guys. I'm focused on creating this podcast. I'm focused on improving my coaching for my clients. I'm improving. I'm focused on creating this new program here, which I will be announcing within the next few weeks. But I, my focus is not on food right now. When I was in my food blogger days, hmm, different question, right? Because I was always trying to think of what recipe to make. And that's not to say I won't ever go back to making recipes, but I am just in a phase of my life where I am focused on other things, which makes it very easy for me to do mindful eating because I just don't care about food that much right now. And I am still a bodybuilder, right? So even if I'm injured right now and I can't lift to my full capacity with my lower back, Getting enough protein is really important for me, as it should be for you too, if you are looking to change your body composition, right? Uh, And it's important for me to eat enough protein so that I maintain the amount of muscle that I have, et cetera. It's important for me to get enough fat so that it affects my hormones as a woman. And carbs are great for energy, right? So I am still very aware of what I am putting in my body. And that is what makes the difference between mindful eating and intuitive eating, Um, intuitive eating, I haven't done too much research into that ideology, but intuitive eating is that you just kind of eat whatever you want, right? Um, it's more of a gentle nutrition tactic, uh, with this mindful eating that I am so aware of the macronutrients that are in my food because of my history and the education that I have built because of the macro tracking that I have done, right? And this is exactly what, I want for all of my clients, right? I want them to get educated on what foods they are eating and how their favorite foods can fit into their day, how foods like Chick-fil-A and Chipotle and sushi can all fit into their day. And that education, that less, that non-restrictive really, by still being able to eat your favorite foods, it educates you on how those fun foods, how those restaurant meals out, et cetera, can fit into your life while you are still working on reaching your goals. And so for example, my days right now, I've been having banana protein pancakes for breakfast every morning. And I still weigh out the pancake mix because I want to be sure that I'm getting at least 60 grams because I know that that gives the meal at least 20 grams of protein. I don't really weigh out the chocolate chips that I put in or weigh the banana 
Because that part is a little bit inconsequential to me right now. Because remember, my goal is not to lose weight. I would be fine if the scale went a little bit in either direction, right? And I can always start tracking macros again if I need. I'm still meal prepping my lunches and dinners using recipes from my blog. And I make sure to have balanced snacks. And what I mean by that is if I want some cereal, I'm going to pair it with a protein shake or some yogurt for, you know, for protein and try to add some fat in there too. Because if I just eat the cereal, it's going to be very quick digesting because it's just a carb and pairing it with protein and fats will mean I am full for longer so that I'm not constantly snacking. This is another principle that you learn from tracking macros. But if I'm out and I want Starbucks on occasion during the week, I go for it. If there is, you know, a treat that I'm really wanting every once in a while, I go for it. It's about listening to my body and trusting myself. And I do periodically check things out in my fitness pal, right? Especially when I realized a couple weeks ago, well, a couple weeks ago I had a breakup, honestly. Um, I planned to do an episode on it because it was um, traumatic to say the least, and I'm needing to process things a little bit more before I create a podcast episode around it. But I got really worried that I wasn't eating enough food because I saw that the scale was continuing to drop. And that is not a great thing for my injury, right? So when I meal prepped that week in particular, I made sure that I was eating enough calories. So my fitness pal is still there for me if I need it. It's not an either or situation. But this is the true beauty of macro tracking, you guys. Macro tracking is like training wheels, and we all basically start on these journeys with the nutritional education of toddlers because they don't teach us shit, you guys. And with these training wheels, you get to your goals so much faster than you otherwise would have. Because can you imagine, like, (laughs) okay, I'm laughing thinking about it. Can you imagine putting a kid who has never ridden a bike before on a normal ass bike and just telling him to go for it? No, they're going to fall over. And that's kind of what happens when you take someone off a meal plan and you say, well, go for it. Just mindfully eat, right? You're going to rebound. That's what happens if you would just tell someone like, oh, just mindfully eat and hope for the best and hope you lose weight. Well, that's how eating disorders get started, guys, right? Because people start to eat less and less and less because they fear food. They just believe that they, they believe They start to cut out um, fun foods. They get panicked about having Oreo or candies in the house. And these training wheels allow you to have some stability and safety in your nutrition so that you can learn how to trust yourself. You can learn to eat the foods that you love again. And so how exactly do we do this? From the nutrition coaching side of things, what I would do with my clients here is we got to take baby steps with tracking macros and moving into more mindful eating, right? So step number one is if you have been on an extremely restrictive diet or if you have been dieting for a while, you need to go through a reverse diet. And a reverse diet is the process of slowly raising your calories back up. And why this is so important is because your hunger signals get fucked up, honestly, when you are in a long dieting phase. Uh, There is the hunger hormone ghrelin, which I like to remember because of gremlins. Uh, And 
the hunger hormone ghrelin gets extremely elevated when you are in a very long dieting process. So you will notice that you are hungry, that your food focus is increased, and this is because of ghrelin. And then there's the other hunger hormone, and it's called leptin, and this is the satiety hormone. This is the hormone that signals to the brain that you are full after eating. Leptin gets lowered. If you have been on a 1,200-calorie diet, or honestly, if you have been dieting under 1,600 calories for an extended period of time, your satiety hormone is going to be low, and your hunger hormone, the ghrelin, the gremlin one, is going to be elevated. So as soon as you start to add in more food, your body is going to be like, oh my gosh, we're not dying anymore. Keep sending signals for her to eat again. We need to store up fat for the next time she starves us again. (laughs) which is not what we want, right? You can reach your fitness goals with sustainability, right? But this is where those stories of extreme hunger come in. And so through the process of reverse dieting, you slowly add calories back in week after week. And honestly, this is a process I really recommend that you go through with a coach because if you have been extreme dieting for a while, it is honestly a mindfuck when you start adding calories back in. Because especially if you have been restricting your carbohydrate intake for a while, one, you're going to have brain fog. So you might not even know what it feels like to actually have energy. You might have a lot of brain fog, you guys. And when you start to add carbs back in, carbs are super cool. Uh, carbs are get converted to glycogen when we you know eat them. And glycogen is stored in our muscles. And glycogen holds water. And this isn't a bad thing, right? But so when you start to eat more carbs, your muscles start to hold more water. And this is great when you're working out because hydrated muscles are a lot less likely to get injured. Hydrated muscles are stronger. Hydrated muscles grow faster, right? Dehydration, mm -mm, nothing good comes of it. So when you start adding those carbs back in, we sometimes see a jump in the scale. But that does not mean that you gained body fat, right? But... I'm the same way when I have gone through reverse diets. When I see that scale jump, I immediately go into panic mode, right? Oh my gosh, did I mess up? Did I mess up my reverse diet? Oh my gosh, maybe I shouldn't have eaten that extra cookie last night or or whatnot, right? So I really emphasize how important it is to have someone else in your corner to help reassure you that you are doing the right thing. Because like I said, reverse dieting can really mess with your head, especially if you are using the scale. And then once you have reverse dieted, up to an acceptable calorie range, which for most women should really not be below 1,900, 2,000 calories. You can really eat quite a lot, you guys. Then if you have not been allowing yourself to have free meals, then throughout this reverse dieting process, we would want to add free meals back in. You might have heard them called cheat meals before. I do not use the word cheat meal, right? Because the word cheat, cheating, that's bad right? When you cheat in school, you get in trouble. When you cheat in a football game, (laughs) everyone calls you out for it, right? And everyone's still talking about whatever it's called, football gate, whatever. But that's why we call it free meals, because these are supposed to be freeing moments where you can go on a date and not stress about the food, where you can go have a girl's night and have a cocktail or two with dinner and not stress about it, right? Because this is your life that you are ta- that we are talking about, right? If you are not preparing for a intense like bikini competition, we want your results to last. 
I do not want my clients just to get an epic transformation picture with me and then to leave me and rebound because that almost makes me feel like I failed if I didn't set them up to have success without me, right? I feel like that is, um, what is the word? Um, negligence. It's negligence on a coach's part to not set their clients up for success without them. I do not want you guys to be dependent on me, right? My goal is to change the game with health and fitness coaching. As I keep saying over and over, I do not want you guys to be stuck in this endless yo-yo dieting cycle. So I prepare my clients to stop tracking. So we work in these free meals, right? So you're going out to dinner again, and those first few might feel like you're Jesus at the Last Supper, right? But the goal is to stick with it. And honestly, if the idea of going out to dinner and eating something off the menu where you don't know the calories of, if that gives you a lot of anxiety or stress, let me just go ahead and say now I am hosting a workshop on August 25th. So it is next Thursday at 6 p.m. Central Time. And if you're listening to this in the future, the recording is going to be posted in my Facebook group. So go check it out. But it's going to be called Mindful Meals Out, and I'm going to be giving you guys all of my strategies on how to get over anxiety, how to self-soothe anxiety, and how to get started on eating meals out again at restaurants without tracking them and self-soothing that anxiety and that shame that comes up. We're going to be coming at it from both the mindset side of things and the scientific nutrition and fitness side of things as well. Okay, going back. So once you've added in free meals, then you can start to add in mindful eating days. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, your first few might feel a little bit bingy and panicky and emotional eaty, right? But you have to learn how to trust yourself. And this brings us to the, I guess, more spiritual side of things, the mindset side of things. You have to learn to trust yourself. You have to trust what your body is trying to tell you. You have to trust in your own word, aka you have to trust that you will do the things you say you are going to do. If you say that you're going to go to the gym come January, right, and you don't, that's just eroding your own trust in yourself. You don't even believe that you can do the actions that it takes to get to your goals. So build your trust up in yourself by starting to do the things that you say that you're going to do. And One of the ways that I have also built up trust in myself is by the things that I have been sharing on this podcast consistently, especially when it came to building my intuition and trusting myself, tarot cards. In the tarot card episode, if you haven't um, listened to it yet, that is one of the ways that I started to build up trust in myself because trusting my intuition around people and friends and relationships, (laughs) that seemed impossible, right? but I could trust myself to pick a freaking tarot card for myself every day because it's low stakes, right? Who cares if the card doesn't actually apply to you that day? But you can choose to trust your instinct that told you to pick whatever card in the pile. You can trust that instinct and through trusting that instinct, you will build self-assurance. You will build trust in yourself. There's many other ways to build trust in yourself. Um, I'll be going over more in that workshop and more in following episodes and everything. But again, I'm having this event. It's called Mindful Meals Out next Thursday, August 25th. And again, if you're listening to this in the future, the recording will be posted in my free Facebook group. 
And once you trust yourself again, guys, your fitness journey is going to get so, so much easier, whether you're using macros or mindful eating. And we do both with our clients at Empowered Coaching. All right, guys, get out there, lift some weights, do some strong girl shit, please. And remember how powerful you really are. See you guys next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of Witchy Wellness with Em. I'm on a mission to change the game with health and fitness coaching through adding in all of this mindset work you hear on the podcast. So if you love the show, please help me out by leaving a review. Remember, mindset alone won't get you to your goals, but when you combine it with action and strategy, you're limitless.